The reading this morning is from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. May be seen. Good morning. This morning, can we take some time to consider and to think about what I would say is already on our hearts and minds? Yesterday, we remembered the one-year anniversary of the December tornado. December the 10th, 2021. It's a day that we're never going to forget as a community and as a town because that was the day at around 9 o'clock at night whenever an EF4 tornado tore through our home, our city. While Mayfield was one of several towns impacted by this natural disaster, it has impacted us greatly, as you know. And it continues to impact us every single day. I don't know about you, but there hasn't been a day that's went by in the last year where I haven't said something about the tornado or thought about the tornado in some kind of way. December the 10th, 2021. There are a lot of different words that we could use to describe that day. One of the first words that comes to my mind is the word tragedy. December 10th, 2021 is a day that will always in our hearts and minds be defined by tragedy. As we consider that tragedy this morning, I want us to take some time to remember. I don't know about you, but for me, my memory so quickly fades away. It's something that happens so quickly. It's something that happens so easily. Maybe you've seen that. When you're driving through town, places that were heavily impacted by the tornado. What used to be here? What did this used to be? What, was this building, was this business here, or, or was it over here? I'm not really sure. Our memories can so quickly fade away. So let's take some time to remember as we reflect on this tragedy as a church family. I want to start with some pictures. Here's a picture of the courthouse before the tornado. Here's a picture of the courthouse afterward, afterwards. Here's a picture of Carr's Steakhouse before the tornado and a picture of Carr's Steakhouse after the tornado. Here's a picture of the First Christian Church, beautiful structure before the tornado and a picture of the First Christian Church after the tornado. A picture of the post office before the tornado. A picture of the post office after the tornado. A picture of Debbie's tax service before the tornado. And a picture from afterwards. A picture of Mayfield Electric and Water before the tornado happened. And a picture of Mayfield Electric and Water after 
the tornado happened. Picture of the first Presbyterian church before the tornado. And a picture of the first Presbyterian church after the tornado. The candle factory, Mayfield Consumer Products, before the tornado. The candle factory, Mayfield Consumer Products, after the tornado. And that's really just the tip of the iceberg, isn't it? That's really just the beginning. That's not even considering the 250 homes and businesses that were completely destroyed on December 10th, 2021. Then add on top of that the 370 homes and businesses that had significant damage. We have a number of people in here this morning who experienced that damage. A home was destroyed or damaged. A business was destroyed or significantly damaged. But just like any other town, Mayfield is not just a collection of buildings. Mayfield is not just a collection of physical structures. Mayfield is a community of people. It's a community of families. Whenever we look into that community within the past year, we've seen a lot of suffering, haven't we? People who are suffering emotionally and psychologically, especially this weekend as we remember the anniversary. People suffering from anxiety, depression, PTSD, the list could go on and on. There are people who are still suffering financially from the tornado because they lost everything and and have had to recover all of their items, all of their possessions, even their homes. There are people who are suffering financially, not because they lost everything from the tornado, but because the tornado put them so far behind and they just haven't been able to catch up. There were people who were suffering in this way before the tornado happened. And the disaster only compounded that struggle in their lives and in their families. There are people who are suffering spiritually. Over the last year, there's been a lot of people in Mayfield who have had questions for God. Have you heard those questions? I haven't met people personally, but I've heard about people who have lost their faith in God because of this disaster. They no longer believe that a higher power exists because of December 10th. 2021. There are people who are suffering physically, not just from a loss of items or possessions or homes like we mentioned just a second ago, but there are people who are still suffering physically from the injuries that they sustained on the evening of December 10th, 2021. And then there are people who didn't just lose stuff. There are people who didn't just lose items or possessions. There are families who were grieving this weekend because they lost people they loved. In our town, in our county, there were 24 people who lost their lives as a result of this disaster. You go back through everything that we just mentioned, and I know there's a lot more we could add to that. What do you call it? There's a lot of words you could use, but one of those words is tragedy. December 10th, 2021 will always be a day that is defined by tragedy and destruction and devastation. But can I tell you something? Over the last year, there have been so many lessons that I've learned from this tragedy. What about you? Have you learned some lessons over the last year as a result of what happened on December 10th, 2021? That's what I want us to spend some time thinking about over the next few minutes. Tragedy is always an unwelcome teacher. But it is a teacher that can teach us very powerful and needed lessons. It's a teacher that can open up our eyes to things that our eyes need 
to be opened up to. So whether we're talking about this tragedy that took place a year ago, or whether we're talking about any other tragedy that takes place in our lives, what kind of lessons can we learn? How can we draw deeper into a relationship with Jesus? How can we fall more in love with God and serve Him more faithfully on a daily basis as a result of the difficulties that we go through? There are a lot of lessons that come to my mind, but for the sake of time this morning, I want to share three with you. Number one, tragedy gives opportunities for service. Tragedy gives opportunities for service that would not have otherwise been there if the tragedy would not have taken place. See, that's a lesson that Paul learned. Whenever we go to the book of Philippians and we look in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 12, we acknowledge that Paul is sitting in prison as he writes this letter. He's under house arrest in the city of Rome as he writes to the church in Philippi. Do you think that would have been difficult for the Apostle Paul? Do you think he would have considered that a tragedy in his life? What happens whenever you take one of the greatest missionaries to ever live? What happens when you take one of the greatest preachers to ever live and you put him in prison? What anybody would expect is that opportunities for the gospel to be spread are going to decrease. People who were converted to Jesus are going to substantially decrease. The gospel is going to be hindered. That's what anybody would expect. I think that's what the Philippians would have expected when you look at Philippians 1 and verse 12. But Paul has a different message for them. You notice what he has to say. He says, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to what? To advance the gospel. Through Paul's difficult and tragic circumstances, the gospel was not hindered. The gospel was advanced. Doors were not closed. Doors were opened. Through Paul's tragic circumstances, sitting in prison, being under house arrest, opportunities for service were not taken away. Opportunities for service were given. What kind of opportunities were given? Well, look at the next verse in verse number 13. Paul says that there was an impact inside of prison. It became known throughout the whole imperial guard, talking about those Roman soldiers who would come in and sit with him for four hours at a time. It's become known to them and to all the rest, anybody who would listen, that my imprisonment is for Christ. Why was Paul in prison? It wasn't because he was a criminal. It wasn't because he did anything wrong or anything illegal. Everybody knew that Paul was in prison because of Jesus. Because of his relationship with Jesus. Because of his willingness to proclaim Jesus. But then you go to the next verse. It's not just about what happened inside of prison. It's about what happened outside of prison. In the city of Rome, Paul says in verse 14 that the brothers in the city of Rome became more confident in the Lord by his imprisonment. Paul says, I've been imprisoned. And my brothers, my sisters out in the community, they have learned to place their trust in Jesus to a greater degree. And they are much more bold to speak the word of God without fear, without being afraid. What lesson did Paul learn as he's in prison, as he's under house arrest? Paul learned that tragedy gives opportunities for service that would not have otherwise been there. Tragedy doesn't close doors. Tragedy opens doors for us to serve one another. Take a second to consider the opportunities for service 
that we have had as a congregation as a result of the tragedy December 10th, 2021. For several months, we had a distribution center in our fellowship hall where people could come and get daily items that they needed like food or hygiene items or clothing. Did you know that between us and Northside alone, we were able to serve about 1,500 families in only three months? Isn't that awesome to think about? Isn't that amazing to consider? In this building, we housed volunteers from all over the country in our classrooms, in our auditorium, who traveled here to serve us, who traveled here to help us. From that kitchen, we cooked hundreds of meals that went out into the community, making sure that people had something to eat. We've helped people with rent. We've helped people with cars, getting the transportation that they lost in the tornado. We've helped people with mattresses and appliances, recovering miscellaneous items that were lost in the tornado. One of our elders, Joel Kreider, led us in a massive undertaking, building and stocking 20 tidy homes, which are now standing and occupied by displaced families who are now able to enjoy them. Over the last several months, we've had several men from this congregation who have been driving Amish workers, Amish men and women, back and forth from Water Valley so that they can build permanent housing for tornado victims. Every single day, Monday through Friday, now for several months, we've had men who have driven out to Water Valley early in the morning, picked up the workers, brought them to the job site, and then went back that afternoon to pick them up, take them back to Water Valley, and then come back to Mayfield themselves. Michael, Jacob, and I have had a lot of opportunities to sit down and study the Bible with people, to get to know and build relationships with people that we would not have otherwise known or built relationships with. Now, I bring this up, and maybe we could say some more, but I bring all of that up not to brag about what we were able to do as a congregation. I'm not wanting to do that in any way. I just want to illustrate this point that we see up on the screen. Tragedy gives opportunities for service. If the disaster would not have happened, we wouldn't have had any of those opportunities. We wouldn't have been able to serve in any of those ways. We've had the opportunity to serve others. But isn't it also true that others have had the opportunities to serve us. Where did all of the money and resources come from that we've used to serve our community? It came from people, churches, organizations, corporations who wanted to help, who wanted to serve us in those ways. I've never seen generosity like it in my entire life. The phones were constantly going off with people calling from all over the nation asking what they could do. Asking how they could help. Asking what they could give. Like we said, you saw it. We had people sleeping in this auditorium from all over the nation who were going out into the community and working all day to serve us. To serve our church family. To serve our community. I think about one particular individual it was about a week and a half after the tornado. He came to pick up some supplies from our distribution center. He came back about an hour later. We thought that he might have forgotten something for him and for his family. Whenever we went out to meet him, he said, I'm not here to get anything else. 
I'm here to give. I want to help you help others just like you have helped me. This tragedy gave us the opportunity to serve others. It gave others the opportunity to serve us. Those opportunities wouldn't have been there. Those opportunities and relationships would have never existed if the tragedy would not have taken place. When tragedy happens, opportunities for service are going to present themselves. They're going to be there. And so as we continue forward, maybe we can learn to look for them. Maybe we can learn to keep our eyes open when we see people going through difficulty in life. The thought that needs to come to our mind, how can I help them? How can I serve them? How can I show Jesus to them? How can I love them? And then when we go through tragedy ourselves, we need to be open to receiving help. We need to be open to allowing others to serve us. Maybe sometimes we think we have everything together in the midst of difficulty. We think that we can do it all on our own. Don't rob people of their blessings. When tragedy comes, doors don't close, doors open. The gospel is not hindered. The gospel is advanced. We have to look for those opportunities to do good to all, especially to those of the household of faith. Galatians chapter 6, verse number 10. Number two, tragedy helps us to see what is most important in life. It changes. It shifts our perspective. It changes and shifts our priorities. When you go over to Matthew, the 22nd chapter, in many ways, we find a familiar text in verses 35 and 36 where a lawyer approaches Jesus to ask a question. And he doesn't have pure motives. He's looking to test Jesus by asking this question. But you see what he asks in verse 36. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? There's 613 rules in the Old Testament law. He wants to know which one is the first. Which one is the greatest? You remember what Jesus says? The very next verse, Matthew 22, verses 37 and 38, he quotes from Deuteronomy chapter 6 to say, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. There Jesus is saying, this is what should be most important in your life. This should be your number one priority. Jesus speaks to us saying, this is something that we should be pursuing every single day that we live. Loving God with our entire being. Loving God with everything that we have. All of our hearts, all of our souls, and all of our minds. Tragedy teaches us to do that, doesn't it? I'm thinking about one lady in particular that we met in our disaster relief program. Before the tornado, she was walking down a very dark path. She was involved in drugs. She was a heavy drinker. She didn't care about the Lord. She didn't think about the Lord. But then on December 10th, she lost everything that she had. She's told me multiple times, even though I lost everything on December 10th, the tornado saved my life. Even though I lost everything, she's told me multiple times, this tragedy has helped me to see what's most important in my life. And that's God. Loving Him with everything that I have. And, and she's taking steps forward to do that. To love God with her entire being. Tragedy helps us to see what's most important in life. So often we get sidetracked. Jesus says our number one priority should be loving God. Sometimes tragedy 
redirects our focus onto what it should already be on. But then you keep reading in Matthew, the 22nd chapter, Jesus doesn't stop there, does he? As you continue into verse number 39, Jesus gives a second command. He says the second is like it. You can't have the first command without having the second. You can't do the second command without doing the first. These two are so closely connected because they're both centered on love. In Matthew 22 and verse 39, Jesus says the second command, what you need to hear right behind loving God with everything that you have is quote, quotation from Leviticus 19.18, you shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. Value people, love people, serve and help people just like you would want them to serve and help and love you. Tragedy teaches us to do that too, doesn't it? One of my jobs shortly after the tornado for a couple months was to go out into the community door to door to see what people needed. There were a lot of tornado victims who could not make it to a distribution center. And so we went out to see what they needed and brought those items to them. You know the number one message I heard from people? You know the message I heard time and time and time again? I've never seen Mayfield like this. I've never seen this community come together in this kind of way. Everybody's helping everybody. Everybody's loving everybody. Everyone wants to serve everyone. And it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what your past looks like. It doesn't matter what your skin color is. It doesn't matter how much money you have. They said there's so much love in Mayfield right now. Isn't it a shame that it took a tragedy of that magnitude to make our community realize Something like that. As people, we build barriers. Barriers that shouldn't exist. Barriers that are based on race or socioeconomic status. Preconceived notions. Prejudices that we've always carried with us in our hearts and minds. Tragedy doesn't allow those barriers to stand. Tragedy tears those barriers down and teaches us to value people. To love people. To help people. Just like we love ourselves. Tragedy helps us to see what's most important in life. And that's God and people. Loving God with everything that we have and loving each person that we meet just like we love ourselves. How are we doing with that? Have we learned to do that? Every day are we loving God and submitting our entire being to Him? Are we loving other people? The people that live around us on a daily basis? The people that we come into contact with wherever we are? And then number three, lessons learned from tragedy. Tragedy shows God's power. Tragedy puts God's power on display. I know that preachers say this all the time, but I really mean it this time. Ephesians 3 verses 20 through 21 are two of my favorite verses in the entire Bible. Because it teaches us so much about our God. It teaches us about what our God is worthy of and what our God is capable of doing in our lives. Paul says in Ephesians 3, like we read in our scripture reading in verse number 20, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Read through that, then ask yourself, how powerful is our God? In many ways, we can't put that into words. I think this is the closest that we can come 
in Ephesians 3 and verse 20, our God is capable of doing far more than anything that we ask for. Our God is able to do far more abundantly than anything that we can request of Him. Our God is capable of doing far more than anything we can think of. I don't know about you, but sometimes I have a wild imagination. Sometimes I can dream up some pretty crazy things. And Paul says, I want you to know that God is so powerful, He can do far beyond anything that you can think of. Anything that our brains can possibly Imagine, don't limit God's power. Don't put God in a box. He's able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. But then where does the rubber meet the road? It's not just this idea that we should be impressed with that God is all powerful. God is omniscient. But look at the end of verse 20. According to the power at work within us. The power that's able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think is working in our lives every single day. According to the power that's at work within us. God loves us. God's with us. God is working in our lives through His power. And like we said a minute ago, that's why He gets all the credit. That's why He gets all the glory. To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Aren't those verses especially true? When we consider tragedy, tragedy demonstrates the power of God and teaches us what Jesus does with man. This is impossible, but with God, what all things are possible. We've seen that so much over the past year. Whenever we were looking for something, especially as we were building the tiny homes, and that turned out to be a little bit more of a struggle than we thought it would be, we were building the tiny homes and and looking for something, and then get a call the next day, fulfilling that need that we were looking for. God putting things in place. God working through His power and through His providence. There's one story that comes to my mind that I believe illustrates that so well. About a week after the tornado, I knocked on a lady's door. And as she came to the door, I could tell that she was hurt. She was limping. She was moving very slowly. You could tell that there was something wrong. There was a lady there with her who explained her story to me. She was working at the candle factory. She had immigrated to America about six years ago and started working at the candle factory and had worked there for a couple of years. She was there whenever Mayfield Consumer Products fell. As the building fell... One of her co-workers, a man, grabbed her in his arms. And as the building fell on top of them, it ended up killing him. He lost his life. So for the next six hours, she laid underneath the rubble of the candle factory in the arms of her friend who had just passed away. Eventually, when she was rescued, she came out to see that her car was, of course, completely destroyed the only thing she told me that day as we were standing on the porch is I believe God has a special purpose for me those are the only words that she said the the lady who was with her was telling me the rest the only thing that she said is I believe since I survived God has a special purpose for my life fast forward to March the 17th We reached out to her to follow up and to see how she was doing in our disaster relief program. We asked her if she'd be interested in a Bible study. 
She said she would be. So it was that week, the week of March the 17th, that she started attending our services. We started having Bible studies with her. Fast forward another couple of weeks to April the 1st. And we had the privilege of watching her as she was baptized into Christ. Became a Christian. She said and believed that God had a special purpose for her life. And He did, didn't He? Little did we know that just a few months after that conversation on the porch, she would become our sister in Christ. Her name's Lindana Penamino, one of our, our members here at Seven Oaks. Who could accomplish that except for God? What kind of power could work that together except for the power who's able to do far beyond anything that we ask or anything that we think. When we go through tragedy, we learn to trust in God. We learn just how powerful God is. To not limit His power, to not put Him in a box. But as we go through the difficulty, we place our trust in Him because His power is at work in our lives every single day. December 10th, 2021 is a day that we'll never forget. It's a day that will live in our hearts and minds forever. My prayer is that we don't just remember the event, but that we remember all of the lessons that have flowed from it, including these three. Looking for opportunities for service in the midst of tragedy. Learning and seeing what's most important in our lives, God and people. And trusting in the amazing power of our God. To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. Going through tragedy is not easy. Going through difficulty is always painful. But perhaps if we can learn lessons from it, it will all be worth it in the end. The tragedy of December 10th, 2021 continues to hurt. But if it can draw us closer to Jesus, if it can help us to grow in our relationships with Him, perhaps it will all be worth it in the end. Let's take just a few minutes to pray for our community to pray for our congregation, those who are still suffering as a result of the tornado, and then we'll extend the invitation. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank You for today. We thank You for another first day of the week where we're able to spend time and worship to You. We recognize how great You are, and we recognize that You're the only one who's worthy of this, the only one who's worthy of our praise. We've been remembering this weekend what happened in our community just a year ago. Father, we thank you for how you've revealed yourself through this tragedy. We're thankful for how you have been active in our lives and in our congregation and in our community. We want to pray for our continued effort to rebuild. We want to pray for our continued effort to heal. We pray that you will be involved in those things and that you will work those things out in accordance with your will. We want to pray for those who are still struggling, those who are still suffering 
as a result of what took place a year ago. We pray that You'll grant peace and comfort. And we pray that through it all, we can draw closer to You and learn to measure up to the stature of the fullness of Christ. Thank You for Jesus. Thank You for all that He's done for us. Thank You for the common bond that we share in Him. And it's through His name that we pray. Amen. What an awesome God we serve. If you have the need to commit your life to Him this morning, to be baptized for the remission of sins, or maybe what we've talked about today is something that you've really been struggling with and you need the prayers of your brothers and sisters. Maybe you need our prayers in some other regard. We'd love to help you with that. It would be our privilege to pray for you and to encourage you as together we stand and sing.